Welcome to this special episode of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This special episode is all about dry fire, more specifically, dry fire systems. Casey Reed and Luke Faust were kind enough to agree to come on the show and talk about their joint effort, Dry Fire Systems. It's available online at dryfire.systems. So why don't you join me in welcoming Casey and Luke to the show. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. How about you? Awesome. Good. Really good. All right. Now, Luke, you you were on um, when you were running for Area 3. Casey, this is your first time. So if you guys would, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Go ahead. Whomever would like to go first. Sure. So um, I'll I'll kick it off then. Um, I have, uh, I guess we are both uh, engineers working for Federal Ammunition. Uh, I've worked in quality my whole career and pretty much ammunition my whole career. Uh, I work across all the plants, uh, rim fire, shot shell, center fire, everything. Um, designing systems is, is that uh, manage our, our quality inspections and uh, frequencies and gauging and all that. That's uh, the, my primary role. Um, been shooting USPSA uh, seriously since about 2019 and uh, shot my first match, though, actually, back in 2008. Just uh, didn't didn't have the, the money or the resources to really take it seriously for a while. And Yeah, so I've also been working at Federal Ammunition for about as long as Luke. I started there in 20, July of 2011 as an intern when I was 19, um, and I primarily have worked in new products. So right now I have, I'm in new products designing handgun ammunition. Um, I started USPSA back in 2012. So actually a coworker from Federal introduced me to USPSA back in 2012. So I've been shooting since then. Um, and I, I knew Luke, you know, from about 2014 on, but we never really talked guns or USPSA or shooting. But, uh, but 2018, 2019, when he started getting interested into it, uh, we, we uh, became friends and started shooting together quite often. All right. So for the audience, exactly what is Dry Fire Systems and how long has it been around? Casey, you want to take this one? Yeah, I can take this one. Yeah. So Dry Fire Systems is a, is a program uh, kind of helped. It, it kind of gave the birth to it in 2019 when I started thinking about, hey, uh, you know, how do we get a program that's set up to to tell me what to dry fire. You know, I've been dry firing and training for about seven years at the time. And even still as a grandmaster shooter, I would still go downstairs every day and think, man, like what should I practice today? Like what, what drills should I do? And that question to me was, what was a problem? So I came up with a, you know, a, an idea that I wanted a program that would just tell me what to do every single day and, and what volumes and, you know, how, how long to do it and everything like that. So I talking with Luke and we kind of came up with a system here, dry fire systems that pretty much does that for you. So using real data from real matches, it is a program that tells you what drill to do, target setups, um, barriers, and all those sorts of details every single day. So um, you get to work out seven days a week, 365 days a year. We change dry fire arrays up quite often. So you have uh, arrays to, to set up in your basement and yeah, I don't know if anything you want to add to that, Luke. From yeah, I mean, coming from the, the other perspective, you know, I was actually pretty new into actually seriously shooting USPSA when uh, when I started talking with Casey. Um, and I was still at the phase of just like soaking up everything I could, you know, and, and learning everything I could. And so, um, you know, he, he was talking about, you know, some ideas he had for, cause I was asking him about dry fire. What do you do? How do you do it? Et cetera. And he's like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm putting together, I'm trying to put together a program, you know, um, and, and try to structure a little more and potentially make that program available to other shooters. And, uh, and it kind of, you know, through, you know, my organizational abilities and being able to structure and develop systems. And then, um, you know, obviously my curiosity is a newer shooter, uh, like, Hey, Casey, how do you, how do you, what do you do every day? Tell me exactly what you do, how you do it. Why do you do this? You know, how do you, you know, why did you do this, then this, et cetera. And, and really breaking down his training and, and uh, a lot of things that him as a, a very naturally gifted shooter was able to figure out intuitively 
that I'll tell you, I, I, I never would have figured out intuitively. Um, <laughs> and being able to boil that down into a system that, uh, that maybe shooters who aren't as intuitive are, are, been a, be, are able to be given a lesson plan that says, hey, uh, you know, not just based off it. Because it's fun, kind of funny. We started the original program based off a lot of Casey's intuition. How much do you need to be doing? entries versus exits versus weekend versus, you know, um, all these different skill sets, how often they occur. And it started just off as intuition. And then eventually we started plugging it into actual nationals match data and, and nothing moved by more than two or 3%. It's like, okay, he has, he has a pretty good sense of what the sport is. Um, and so that was, that was cool to see. And, uh, and it was something that as I worked with Casey to build it, it was, uh, incredibly useful for me as a shooter. Um, and then also, you know, kind of met, uh, met Casey's goal of being able to, uh, share with, share with his, uh, share his training and his methods with, uh, uh, more people. Now, did this, as I understand it, it started off as something else, correct? And kind of, uh, molded itself into this dry fire system. Yeah, so I'd say our, our original branding was a little different too. It was we started as Casey Reed Shooting, um, and that was that was the original branding before I even came into the picture. Um, and then uh, you know, not only has has the branding changed at the beginning of twenty twenty three, I think, is when we yep. changed over to Dry Fire Systems, just to better encapsulate what it really is. Um, you know, every I would say every six months to a year, we are really every six months thus far we release kind of a new generator, a new, new programming behind uh, what we're doing. And, you know, so for the first couple of years that we were doing this, you know, 2020, 2021, you saw some, some, uh, lots of different experimentation with different drills we were doing and, uh, and the structure of the workouts and uh, things, things continue to evolve. You know, we're, we're continuing to add in more drills and, and tweak things and, and get rid of little uh, idiosyncrasies within the drills. Um, but uh, they've definitely the the program has stabilized into uh, into something we're really proud of uh, more recently. Okay. Now, now Casey, at what point did you? So I assume this is first initially based on what what you were just talking about, trying to figure out what dryer fire routine you needed to do, what you needed to work on to get better. How long did it take you to make GM? Uh, I became GM in 2016. And I started in 2012. So about four okay. years. Okay. Now, Luke, I know that you, um, like you said, before you really got serious, you were BC class for about 10 years. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now, how long after talking with Casey and you guys start delving into this seriously, did it take you to make master? It was about a class a year. So, uh, okay. uh, B within a year, a within a year, and then M within a year after that. Okay. Very nice. Um, yeah. And I will say like the, the caveat there is no matter what, you know, or like the kind of, I am not a natural athlete in, in any sense, in any sport I've ever tried to do. So, um, <laughs> It was funny. I'll never forget this. Me and Casey, we had, it was probably pretty early on and we traveled to a match together and we're in a hotel room, just kind of, and I'm doing a little dry fire warm up. I think he had already, you know, done his uh, 10 perfect draws and reloads and said, all right, I'm good. Ship it. And I'm sitting there just missing reload after reload after reload, just, just muffin mags all over the damn floor. And he looks up at me and he goes, it, it, are you okay? Is this normal? And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is totally normal. Like just dead serious. And, uh, and that, that kind of was, I think uh, an eye opener for both of us in the sense of what, uh, what it can be like for someone who doesn't have any natural coordination or gift at all. Um, and, uh, and then also just every time I do a session with him and watch him hit 70 perfect reloads in a row, uh, you know, I realize how far I still have to go in training, you know? Um, so yeah. 70 in a row. That's pretty solid. <laughs> now, it, and it does look like, um, so I take it, this is the first full year then with dry fire systems. Yeah. Under this branding. Yes. 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 The, right. the, the programming is very, very similar. We, we did switch, uh, platforms as well. We were using true coach for a while as our, as our kind of hosting platform. And now we've uh, we've shifted under a website-based membership uh, site. 
um, which is uh, a, a lot more streamlined and a lot more directed towards what we're doing with the uh, the true coach was really meant for uh, for like the fitness industry. And that's where a lot of the, the threads of um, what we're doing here came from was during those 10 years that I was only semi seriously, not even semi seriously, casually shooting at eh, casual shooter, casually shooting um, boom competition shooting. Um, I was uh, uh, pretty into CrossFit and a CrossFit coach, and um, and so I had, I knew of True Coach through that, and uh, and not only that software that we originally started with, but a lot of the principles, the the good stuff from CrossFit, um, we, we applied to uh, to the the methodology behind the programming. Okay. Now, let me shoot. Let me go back here. Uh, there we go. All right. So I've got the page up, um, from your website that says dry fire arrays yep. and you have the first half of the year and the second half of the year. <clears throat> so as I understand it, the drills, the weekly drills, the workouts, as you call them, mm -hmm. um, are based on that set of arrays. So whatever workouts you put in, from here to the end of the year are using the July through December arrays. Is that correct? Yeah. So the yes, yes and no. Um, so the yes, we rotate arrays every six months. And if you're using, you know, if you look at the workouts, you can see it calls out your targets within the workouts. I mean, we get literally to that level of specificity in which um, you really don't have to think about any aspect of the drill. You can just follow it exactly as written. Uh, that being mm -hmm. said, um, you know, we also have more generic descriptions of those targets so that you could use your own targets in any configuration you wanted and the program could still be executed uh, to, to maximal efficiency. So um, we provide those uh, those arrays and uh, and the workouts correspond to those arrays and, and, and those targets and how they're designated. Um, but but you don't have to use them if you don't want to. OK, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So you just you're just providing the workout. There there are arrays there if you want to use them, but yes. you can use whatever targets you want for the workouts. Yeah, and and that's uh, that's okay. a you know that's another thing that you know ties like that's a kind of an overarching theme. We are giving you like the exact prescription, every little detail covered. That doesn't mean you have to do it exactly that way. You know, if we give you five drills and you run out of time, okay, cool. Three drills is better than zero. You know, you had a good workout. Or if you get into your first or second drill and you want to, you know, you're like, hey, I just, you know, I'm not, not, I want to spend some more time working on this skill, do it. You know, it doesn't have to be mm. the rigid thing that we lay out and you don't have to cover all the bases. And if you, if you want to tweak something, this or that, or if your room, you can't lay out your room like the dry fire rays, but you want to use it, it's all good. We're giving a specific prescription for the people who, um, really want to dive into every little detail and do it exactly by the, but, um, you know, uh, make it fit for what you're doing. Uh, we even adapt it for us, depending on what we got going on. Okay. I gotcha. So there's flexibility in there. You can do what Tons. You, yes. you want. Uh, yep. Okay. Yep. Now I was wondering too, because this is the first year. So, um, there wasn't anything older than this year. Come January 1, does this stuff stay there? So if somebody wanted to go back to a workout, say they liked, they remember doing one last August, you know, before nationals, they'll be able to go back to that month or? So I tend to, I'm a, and you can probably tell by the website and a lot of things, I'm a, I'm a clean cleanliness freak. You know, I like to keep things <laughs> clean. So um, I try to keep enough workouts in there that, that people have a good sampling of stuff to go back to. But uh, I try, you know, the, the page gets kind of cluttered. Uh, if I have too many different target arrays or too many workouts, you know, historical workouts. So typically uh, when we restart a new, you know, cause we have new arrays every six months and we have a new cycle. I'll typically um, clear out our workouts on the member side every three. You, you won't see more than three months of history there typically. Um, and then the, uh, the arrays, I, I've kept up um, just the last iteration of the arrays. Um, we may in the future start keeping up more arrays, but we've, uh, we've changed them significantly enough in the way that they're uh, presented 
that the, the that we pulled down the old ones because they were presented a little bit differently. Okay. Now you guys, very conveniently, I might add, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but you guys have literally created the targets where you can print them out on eight and a half by eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for those people, let's say somebody who travels frequently, mm-hmm. so they're out and and maybe not even shooting, just for work. But like I, I traveled for work once, but I still took my gun with me. So I had the ability to dry fire while on a trip in the evenings. Have you guys considered um, working with like Bill Duda or somebody and having the uh, correct size targets that, to restick to for your arrays or does the eight and a half by 11 work better for you? So we went with that route to have a zero zero cost route for the for the shooter um that was that was the route we went with uh you know because like we saw the 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 main value the unique product that we provide is the actual Mm -hmm. programming like having a daily workout um with the uh with the targets none of our targets are you know super unique um in the sense of they would be available uh roughly to scale uh, through, uh, you know, dry fire, you know, target packs that are out there right now. Um, so if you wanted to recreate our arrays or nearly so, um, you could probably do so with what's out there right now. Um, we, we haven't gone that route yet. For, for me personally, when I travel, um, I'll have a, a printed set of rays and a little thing of masking tape and put them up in the hotel room and, and let her rip. So I snapped this right off of the can you guys see that okay yep 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 okay i snapped that right off of your instagram now and the reason i wanted to share this this is part of my question here this is part of a system you put them together and you have a classifier correct yeah yeah so um when looking at the the dry fire rays and how we wanted to structure those um Instead of, um, you know, we, we started with just kind of, all right, well, should we just do some random targets and get a good variance? And then, you know, I know that a lot of people have fun shooting classifiers and they like to use classifiers as like benchmarks. And that's mm-hmm. also kind of a principle from, from CrossFit. You have benchmark workouts that you do. They're very similar to classifiers in the way that they're, they're structured. Um, and so I thought, hey, it would be, it would be cool if we could take, um, take a bunch of these benchmarks um, selectively, strategically select ones that give us a good variance of targets, uh, maybe sprinkle in some other targets that we th- feel like we needed to add to it that aren't necessarily a part of a classifier. And then, um, and then, you know, as part of our program, we can integrate, uh, you know, kind of some, some, some classifier shooting or some testing and, and, and give part times and so forth for, uh, for people to have, um, you know, some, a little bit more comprehensive tests or drills that correlate to something a little more, uh, integrated into the, um, the dry, dry fire, uh, program. Okay. Now you mentioned part times because that's part of what I wanted to bring up too. Like you, you mentioned earlier, you know, you be in the hotel room in cases like, all right, I did my 10 perfect draws and reloads. I'm done. Um, and there are, in some cases, you actually have part-times attached to these drills. Yes. Um, so this is going to be a multi-part question. One, how did you come up with, the, because the part-times are broken down by classification, really. A and B, M, GM, uh, D and C classification. You know, these are the times you should be able to do it in. Have you guys... So how did you come up with those part-times, number one? Number two, with the classifiers, I I don't remember seeing a part-time, but I may have just overlooked it. Um, Do you guys have uh, part-times for the classifiers for the different classifications as well? So Casey, you want to talk to all the skill part-times, then I'll talk to the classifier part-times? The skill part-times? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of just trial and error. We did a lot of those. So like Luke would do the drills, I would do the drills, and we kind of came up with what we think that these shooters should be able to do. Um, so a, a, an A to M to A or A to B, 
MGM. So it was kind of more of a trial and error thing to, to get those part-times in. And you kind of have to keep it to just the isolation drills. Obviously, it's really hard to develop a part-time for a, a transition drill that has all different ar arrangements, right, of, of targets. So we kept it simple with the draws, simple reloads, and things like that. Okay, that makes sense. And then on the on the classifier side of things, um, we we developed. So I, I just mined the data off of what the high hit factor was for the part times, and then okay. um, we started experimenting with. All right, well, we're shooting in dry fire, so the dots or the sights are not moving at all. You know, you have no recoil to deal with. You have a lot less to deal with. What uh, and so. What, what, what do we think is more reasonable for, um, and, and it ended up being, at least for, for you know, a, a gun that doesn't recoil, what's that? It's an open gun. So um, most of the recommended uh, uh, part-times are all just open part-times that I took. Um, and I think it, it says in there, so if you're if you're looking at one of our workouts and you click the instructions for one of the, uh, the classifier drills, if there's a classifier in that workout, um, it'll show, Hey, these are, it shows our assumptions. So it says, Hey, this assumes 90% points shooting open. Um, and, uh, and it's right, it's right there in the corner there. So, uh, there's even classifiers that are like, uh, fixed time classifiers. We'll even tell you how many alphas we assumed you shot, you know, and those were all based off of looking at, uh, both, um, some more advanced, like, uh, if then logic that I built in there. Uh, combined with, uh, you know, kind of checking it versus data when those classifiers are put into national matches. Okay. I'm going to share just a snippet here of what you're talking about just so that it makes sense. And that's what you're talking about there. So there, what he's talking about is on the, uh, this week's uh, workout actually. Yep. Yep. You do. You actually do have. Okay. I just. I just missed it when I was going through the different things. Um, yeah, you're right. Part-time goals based upon ninety percent points and open, and you give the part-time that you should be able to meet it in. Okay. Yep. And and awesome. those are the. You know, if you were to do a. Uh, you know, a six point four seconds and hit ninety percent points in open, that would be you know hitting that eighty-five percent threshold for master. Um, that's right at that, you know, 6.4 is right at that threshold, uh, you know, per the current high hit factor off of uh, USPSA's website. Right. So don't, don't, if you have a 6.41, don't cheat. That's not a master. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's 84%. <laughs> okay. All you know, right. and, 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 and we try to encourage people like, hey, most of our drills, you know, when we're just doing and uh, you're just doing your workout, most of your drills don't have part-times associated with them. We want you focusing on the actual skill that you're trying to work on and the execution of the skill. And for the most part, not working at worrying about part times. But um, it's kind of in the beginning and the end. In the beginning, when we're really isolating skills, we want you looking at part times pretty closely. And at the end, when we're kind of giving you, you know, not every day, you don't shoot a classifier every day. It's, 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 it's maybe a third of the days. Um, a third of the days, we're going to give you a little final exam at the end and, and put you under the clock stress again. And, and really have you focusing in on trying to uh, push for a part-time. Okay. All right. I, I like the layout of that. And, and just for everybody listening or watching whatever they do, I mean, you have for like this week's workout, you've got a warm up, you've got a gun handling drill, you've got a short movement, a long movement, and, and under other, you've got a classifier mm -hmm. with those part-times. So like you're saying, you can practice a bunch of things and then, that gives you the opportunity then, like you said, to kind of test yourself at the end to see how you're doing. Yeah. And that and that format, um, you know, it's it's a balance between we want every day to be unique and interesting and different, which every every day is is different. There's always something different. But, um, you know, especially when you layer in all our modifiers and all that that we have on the drills. But we also want to have a structure that makes sense, you know, and I, I've seen that from coming from the CrossFit background, like there's this delicate balance between um, uh, constantly varied and uh, random chaos. Like, like there's this, this line that you gotta kind of, um, and, uh, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, especially in CrossFit, they go over the line. I've seen it so many times and it's like, all right, cool. Where, where is that line? And so that structure that you just went off that uh, where we, we start with, uh, you know, your, 
um, your isolated skills, your integrated gun handling, then short movement, long movement, and then your other other skills. And that's shown on our Instagram and that pyramid that we put out as well. That's the structure for all our workouts. And then within those categories, you'll see variants within the drills. So um, each each workout uh, in our current you know in our current system has the same structure, just different drills for each uh, each of the five categories. So this is the pyramid you're talking about, right? Yep. Again, this is right off the, the Instagram page. So, and basically what you're saying is marksmanship being the most important basis. Yep. And then gun handling, short movement, long movement, and then the things you do the least, which would be strong hand, weak hand, other things. Yes, exactly. Okay. So this, so how... So, okay. So for people wondering about, um, subscribing, how do these play into how you determine what's going in next week? So I guess starting off the, you know, the marksmanship component of things is, is always present. It's ever present, but realistically, if you, you know, the, the, the fundamental base of the pyramid, um, you kind of got to get that live fire. Like there's, there's nothing that can replace that. So, um, you know, that, that, that kind of falls to a certain extent, uh, a little bit outside of the program in which, um, you know, doubles and practical accuracy are some of the, the, the best drills out there for, for establishing that. Um, once, once you get into the program, um, that's where, you know, we start layering the, the, the gun handling and the, and, and all the other drills. Um, sorry, I got off on a tangent. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just trying to figure out how you use your bullet shaped chart yep. to, to determine what drills you're putting in like next week and then the week after. Yep. Yep. So the, there's. This is just a piece of it. So this this kind of shows the original structure in the sense of like every workout we do is going to have five drills. And the first drill is actually, you know, for what we do is going to be isolated gun handling. So we are just focused on either transition, draw or reload. It's just one of those. It's isolated. We're going to work it against the part time. That's what we do as kind of our first warm up every day. And it's going to be one of those in some way. You know, there's a bunch of different ways we will press or test those, but one of the three. Um, and then in the next drill that, which now we're getting into the pyramid, that second aspect uh, is going to be um, what we call a transition drill where we're, we're definitely drawing and we're transitioning and we might be reloading too. And we're starting to integrate those three gun handling skills together. And then the next drill could be any one of those different categories. It could be a moving draw, moving reload, or a blend drill. And those um, those are just adding that additional layer. So we're taking all our integrated gun handling and now we're saying, hey, move your feet a little bit um, and, and so forth into long movement where you could have uh, you know three different categories of drills um, and a bunch of different modifiers and variants upon those. Um, and then same thing as you go up. So every every as we work through our workout, we're working our way up the period pyramid, adding a layer of skills or difficulty as we go. Okay. Now, and essentially every workout, you're going to get a piece of that pyramid or, or, or all of the pyramid, yeah. right? So a, a common question for us is like, hey, how often should I work out? You guys give workouts seven days a week. Well, it's like that's the beauty of this, that you're going to get the pyramid pretty much every single workout. So if you do three days a week, two days a week, five days a week, you're going to get that whole pyramid regardless. Okay. And I now, think what – what you may have been asking a little bit more, like kind of continuing, if you had clicked over one image to that pie chart that was right there on the on the Instagram as well, um, that kind of answers the second layer of your question, I think, which is how do we pick uh, like, all right, cool. Are we doing a moving draw today, a moving reload or a blend for the for the short movement? How do we pick that? What, you know what? Well, that's all based upon nationals data. We mined the nationals data from nationals all the way back to when we started this in 2020. And well, how often do these skills come up? How often do you get put in situations in which you must do this thing? And then the program feeds you, you know, that we, we, we make sure that the program's feeding that 
ratio of within that category. Uh, obviously, with uh, with tweaks as needed for um, for what what we deem to be necessary, or what Casey and his uh, with his his background and skills deems to be necessary. Now, okay, because that that was one of the questions I had was um, with this. Have you guys already started looking at twenty twenty three numbers to add to this? Yes. Or are you waiting? Okay. Yep. So as soon as carry optics nationals was done, I integrated in, uh, in, into our workout generator and, uh, it's, it's a part of the program now and every nationals that happens, uh, shortly thereafter, I'm taking all the data I can from it, integrated into our generator. And, uh, and it's what I'd say is, uh, it, the percentages don't move much. Um, as you, as you continue, once we had about you know, three, four nationals in it's, it's pretty much the same stuff. Uh, like for example, this, uh, this wide narrow transition, it's been 92% to 8% literally since 2020. As soon as I put in the three nationals in 2020, it was there and it hasn't moved since. Um, so yeah. It's interesting. Do you th that's really interesting. That, I mean, that brings up a lot of questions. Is that because the same people are doing the stages or is it because the bays are narrow? You know what I mean? Like, I wonder why only 8% are wide transitions. That's very, very interesting. So I think that there's, you know, I, and we're both engineers, so we're both very data driven people. Like um, I, and I'm very much uh, skeptical of any, um, oh, you know, uh, what is considered, uh, what, what do they call it on the floor, Casey? Like the old man knowledge. Um, uh, black magic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like the, the, and the, the historical historical. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, like, Oh, it's, it's this way. Cause it's always been this way or everybody yeah. knows this, you know, right. or of course there's, you know, you, you need to, you need to work on wide transitions a lot. And it's like, well, how much wide transitions, how much do we do wide versus narrow? I don't know, but you really need to focus on wide. Well, I want to know what the, I want to know what the data says. I want to know how often, you know, how many shots am I going to shoot with weak hand versus strong hand versus freestyle? How many, you know, over the course of this whole, what is this sport that we're shooting? You know, it's not open-ended. There's constraints to it. Um, and so um, putting this data together helps, helps understand what the constraints are and what we're doing. And when looking at wide transitions as a shooter, if you uh, are a, a higher level shooter who has uh, adapted stage planning, you're going to do everything you can to limit your wide transitions. So, you know, as a stage designer, um, you know, if you if you're putting um, if you're putting together a stage to put together a stage that forces the shooter to do a lot of wide transitions is very difficult, very, very difficult. Um, especially a shooter who's adapted stage planning, because they're going to figure out how to how to minimize that, how to avoid that. Same thing with static reloads. If you go to a, one of our other images, the static reload count is incredibly low. Is that because the like that's that's because a, an adept shooter at stage planning is going to all all but eliminate static reloads if he can. Um, yeah. And so uh, we we take that into consideration. Uh, that doesn't mean that we program our wide transitions versus narrow transitions at exactly that ratio. Um, you know, sometimes like static reloads. I know we do more static reloads than than you're actually going to see in a match. Um, but uh, actually, for the narrow and wide transitions, we keep it about this ratio um, because that's that, that's what we see. That's pretty interesting. Do you guys know the show Home Improvement? Uh, maybe before our yeah. day, a little bit. Yeah, uh, Tim little Allen. Bit. That, that name the, comes up. Yeah, Tim right? Allen. Yeah, okay. Tim my, Allen. My dad watched that when I was a kid. I I'm like familiar a little bit. Well, there was a neighbor who would all you could ever see was the top of his face. I'm feeling like that guy right now sharing the screen with just the top of my face showing on <laughs> okay. the screen. <laughs> I looked up. I'm like, oh, I'm the guy from Home Improvement. <laughs> Oh, a sidetrack <laughs> now. Okay. So here's my question though, for something like, I feel like static reloads, that'd be pretty easy to determine, but how are you figuring out whether these transitions, especially if you haven't shot the match, how are you determining whether they are actually narrow or wide? What are you oh, basing we, on? We've shot all the matches. 
<laughs> all these matches that we're mining data from we shot. So I can pull up okay. the match book, look what it's supposed to be, and then I can pull up both our stage videos and look like what we actually executed upon. Well, and I asked that because this year's carry optics nationals, I didn't shoot it, but looking at the stage videos that people posted and what the matchbook was, uh, I shot the last three carry optics nationals. And this was by far the most different from what was on the ground. Like there mm -hmm. were, I was drew Maruski had sent me video footage of all of, um, the day three videos that people were going to be shooting. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple of them that I was looking at the matchbook and I'm looking at his stage video and I'm like, I'm not sure which one is which here. I got to try to figure this out. So that's why I was asking, but if you've shot them, then it doesn't matter because you have that stage video to go by. So. Yeah, it was very different on the ground than, and then what it was. I, uh, uh, that's why that's why I do both when I'm building out our uh, building out our, our data. Um, combine both. Look at the uh, look at the matchbook, but then watch the video to uh, to confirm. The, the thing I do like is you guys have both. You you have IPSC and USPSA. Now, is there any plan to add IDPA targets to this, or are you just going to stick with USPSA and Ipsic. Uh Well, we did have IDPA targets at one point, did we not? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Um, we, okay. we collected data on our on our users, and we just didn't yeah. have many IDPA shooters. We didn't. Yep. And then okay. we did delete the IPSC at one point as well, just because the same thing. But then we did get some requests to put it back in, so we have yeah. done that. So if we do get requests for IDPA, we certainly will. But at this time, it's just not really relevant. Now it's interesting. Why? Why? What were the uh, reasons behind wanting the IPSC targets back up? We have a lot of IPSC shooters. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Casey the closet shooters. Yeah, Casey shoots a lot internationally. He does a lot of the IPSC stuff. So right. Um, you know, just uh, you know, people who are following him are obviously going to see what he's doing, and yep. uh, and so we actually have a decent amount of our membership is uh, is IPSC. So you know, you know, sometimes you you learn what you you can and can't do uh by just trying it and so at one point we had turned over arrays and we just released the uspsa you know when earlier arrays we had released uspsa ipsc and idpa uh and we immediately had an outcry for ipsc and uh and nothing for idpa so um we put the ipsc back in and we left the idpa out there you go all right that makes perfect sense supply and demand right yes, yeah sir. It's not just I, it's not just I, IPSC shooters as well. I mean, we do see a lot of IPSC targets within USPSA matches, so I think it only makes sense to have both. And I would tend to agree with you. I mean, wasn't there a stage at Carry Optics Nationals that was all IPSC targets? Yeah, a yep. couple, yeah. couple. Yeah. yeah, and and we try as well to you know the because USPSA is not just USPSA targets; it can be both. Our USPSA arrays are always a mix of both. The IPSC arrays are exclusively IPSC targets um, because the guys internationally they don't see any USPSA targets. So uh, that was that was a request, and I think it's reasonable. Okay, it seems like too you guys have, um, and maybe uh, maybe it's Casey's. I know there there's a bunch of YouTube videos up too that people can go to. And it's dry fire systems. Yeah, you guys have a bunch of videos up. Oh, looky here. Here's your, yeah, here we go. Oh, it was on YouTube that it looks like you did like a, um, created something, a video on your phone and then uploaded it to YouTube, like a short or something. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've been putting out a variety of content. statistics. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, this is interesting. Some of these, um, drills can be found on youtube as well yeah uh you know we've we've done we've put out so within as you saw within the program you have we have videos for every drill so you know as you as yeah. you get your workout um you can read how to do it in writing um and what the steps of the drills and what we're trying to focus on and the goal of each drill or you can and or you can watch a video of of one of us demonstrating that drill so um 
uh, as we've added uh, dozens and dozens of different drills over our iterations, we have a lot of drill videos and uh, and sometimes we just put those out for free on our on our YouTube or Instagram. And that is right there. It's not just drills either. I mean, here's strong hand, weak hand techniques, um, sighting, movement. So you have a bunch of stuff too that really would go well with the drills because it's a further explanation of handgun uh, handling and other things. Yep, yep. Those are uh, technique series. We did an entire series of all the different, so not just drilling, but now like how to actually do these skills. So that's where you can see like how to how to rack the gun on loaded start to how to enter position. Is there any plan in the future to maybe reference certain videos on YouTube in the workouts? Like, you know, they can go back and, and check something out if they're having issues with something or they want more information on the gun handling for that workout this week. So I think in one of our early iterations, I don't think, I know, in one of our early iterations, we had that. Every single drill, the description of every drill had a link to here's your technique that we want you focused on. Here's the, the aspect of that. Um, it ended up ending up with a bunch of broken links is what it, what it did. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, it was, it was just kind of a nightmare to maintain when, um, you know, a, a quick uh, YouTube search uh, of our, you know, of our channel, just going to our channel. There's, there's really, I, I think, you know, Ben says it all the time. This, this stuff's actually pretty simple. It's just really hard to do. Um, so there's a decent amount of videos we have on there, but uh, there's really not that many of them. Uh, it's typically pretty easy to find the, the, the skill and, and how, we, how we cover it or how, uh, how we present it. Um, that being said, one of the unique things or interesting things about the dry fire systems program is we're not telling you, you know, like we're not telling you how to do the skill in the program. You know, if you like right. doing a snatch draw versus a scoop draw, if you like gripping your gun with, you know, front to back pressure all around, none of that matters. And the, the program is still great for you. We're not, we're not talking about how to execute skills. We're just identifying these are the situations you're going to be put in in matches um, you know, uh, practice it. Um, however, however you navigate that skill, whether you like shuffle stepping or cross stepping or whatever it be, um, you're going to have to go from point A to point B while engaging targets, do it as you will. Yeah. And I'm, I only bring it up because I'm going to use the example you mentioned earlier, again, in the hotel room, you know, where you're throwing magazines everywhere, trying to hit the reload, then maybe, you know, that's where, um, for the week's workout, you know, if you have issues with the gun handling for this week's drills, you know, this would be the video you could reference if you need to type of a yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely why we put all that stuff out is we want, you know, our version of how we execute skills to be out there and we're continuing to develop more content for that stuff. Um, you know, the tricky part about that is every workout is so balanced and the things that it covers that, um, you know, we, we have had that in the past where we had skill focuses, where we'd have a, a month where we'd focus on reloads or we'd focus on entries or whatever that what would be. And we, we put out an email to our members or message and said, hey, here's here's the videos. And a lot of that content's the stuff that we're putting we put out more recently. Here's the videos for covering, you know, this skill focus. Um, now we found out, we, we found that we, we like having a really balanced program. So, um, you know, it's really going to come down to the individual, uh, athlete or shooter. Um, Hey, what are, what are you struggling with? What are you focused on? Cause every day is going to be pretty balanced. It might have a little bit, you know, Oh, cool. We're doing unloaded starts today. I haven't done that in a week or two, but, um, for the most part, it's going to be very, very balanced. Now we're, how where do you guys see this going this whole dry fire system do you do you have visions of growing it into something larger or just continuing with the way you're doing it so and and casey casey he can speak to his vision um you know my 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 vision is 
I wanted like this started with me wanting to figure out how to best structure my training and learning from a, a amazing shooter, top 10 in the world, top five at nationals this last year, shooter on how do you train? I want to learn how to train like that. And through that process and, you know, our goals together were, all right, cool. If I'm going to do all the work to structure my training like this, it'd be, and, and it'd be cool if I could share that with more than just me, you know? Um, so it was, it, 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 it's, it's really pretty modest goals in the sense of I w I'm already going to do all this for me. So I might as well, you know, try to package it up a little better, explain it a little better, put in a little bit of extra work and, uh, and share it with uh, the rest of my friends and any other shooters in the community who really want to get better. So um, there's, there's not necessarily a grand end goal. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the really modest, humble goal of, Hey, uh, I, we're just trying to share it with as many shooters as we can and, uh, and help people, uh, help people advance in the sport. If, if, if our flavor of doing things, uh, is able to help them. Great. Yeah. And, and for me, a lot of the same things Luke said, but on top of that, I mean, I, there's been a lot of culture with the, within the shooting sports that you have to figure out everything on your own. Right. And that's kind of how I was brought up is like, I have to do my own research. I have to be an engineer about it and like, just figure it out. And that takes a lot of time and effort. And so if we can help shooters bypass a lot of that, right. I have 12 years in the sport, you know, Luke has same amount in the sport, you know, obviously some of it casual, but like, there's a lot of knowledge already there. So if you, if you can bypass a lot of that you can accelerate so much faster. And so that's what the goal of this is to like, Hey, it, it's cause I mean, I'll, I'll be honest in 2012, I was super overwhelmed of like, how do I practice? I don't even know what to do. I've shot a few matches, but I don't even know what to practice. Do I just sit there and draw for an hour? So, you know, for new shooters coming into the game, they can literally bypass all those questions and have something built for you right there. And that's something that we didn't have, you know, back when we were shooters in, in the beginning of the sport. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I would have had this. And when, when, yeah. when I have friends who are new to competitive shooting or, or, friend in a while who I just got to know better and they go, Hey man, you know, like, especially the new guys, like, okay, cool. I see videos, people talking about dry fire. Uh, uh how, what do I do? And it's like, Hey, instead of me having to like take and like, you know, walk them through, maybe they don't even live in the same part of the country as me, you know, we're college friends and they live across the country or whatever. I can be like, Hey, go to my website, uh, check it out, you know, print off the targets, do some workouts. Um, and, uh, and it really, it, it, it simplifies the process for someone trying to get started in dry fire because you still got a ton of stuff to figure out. You got to figure out all, all the skills and, you know, whether our techniques work for you or somebody else's techniques work for you or whatever. And, you know, everybody's a little bit different on how they're going to execute that techniques. But at least the, the daily of what do I do? Uh, how, what do I want to work on today? Uh, that, that's all taken care of for you. Yep. Um, and that really can help, help simplify the process. Well, and I mean, Luke, the last time you were on and we chatted, um, you talked about the group of shooters that you're friends with and the folks that you travel around with. So people have been shooting for decades and this is really a, a conglomeration of what you guys have learned through conversations and, and shooting with those guys and you know, then trying to put that into practice yourself and what you've learned and, and all of that. So it's already a melting pot of ideas of everything you've learned throughout your entire shooting time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, that's what I had. Um, I, I, it looks pretty wild. I mean, and in a, in a good way, I mean, you know, it's very structured. I had that written down earlier. I was like, the structure is the first thing that I, that I noticed it's, um, and I wanted you guys on because I had seen a couple of posts on this dry fire systems. I'm like, where's this coming from? It's a couple of times I've seen these posts now, you know, it's weird how sometimes you see things, sometimes you don't. And occasionally something will pop up in your Instagram mm -hmm. feed. So when I found out it was you guys, I was like, wait a minute, this is pretty interesting. Um, but I, I do love the structure of it and how, like you guys said, basically a new shooter can come in here and and not have to think about what do I need to train on. They just mm -hmm. need to focus on what they're doing, 
because the training is set up for them. So I, yeah. I like it. And, and even for, and Casey can speak to this a lot too, as we started to structure things more and uh, you know, even for the more advanced MGM shooters, which we, we have some guys who are pretty high level guys who are members. Um, there's certain skills that the, with the way that our generator, you know, gives workouts and the way that we, we structure the workouts um, there's just stuff that happens where it's a skill that you wouldn't have ever thought to practice on your own, you know? Um, and I don't know if there's, there one that you can think of that really popped to you when we started structuring our workouts this way is that you're like, damn, I, I've never worked that before. Yeah. Like either make stowage on the belt and then, you know, you know, loading things like that all in one. There's a couple small ones that are like that. It's like, you've done it in a match before, but like you would never, ever train it. And you know, one for me is like, you know, there's a lot of times that, um, in our drills, you'll end up starting standing basically on a fault line in a lean where you're, you're drawing into a lean and then you're, you know, blending out of that lean, for example, and like starting with my feet, you know, tucked into a corner with my feet together and drawing into a lean. That's not necessarily something that I can ever remember doing in dry fire before I started this program with Casey. Like, yeah. this is not something that you would ever, you'd be like, all right, cool. I'll draw and I'll enter into position and maybe I'll lean in that position. But like starting in a corner, you know, leaning up against the fault line, drawing to, uh, you know, a, a, a target. But I, I can think of, you know, uh, a dozen stages in which I've had to do that, you know, where, where you, you start in a place where you have to draw into a lean. Um, and, and so that's just one example of many where, um, there are skills that, especially as a less experienced shooter than Casey, there's no way on my own, I ever would have practiced that in dry fire, but now I get into a match and it's, it's like, okay, I remember, you know, from training, you know, I tried in training, doing that a couple different ways. I tried, you know, keeping my feet kind of more narrow and just leaning kind of up high. I tried stepping my feet out as I drew and, and, and you know, getting kind of in a low lean. And I found the techniques that work for me. I found, you know, with the blend drills we do, all right, how far can I really get off of just two steps? You know, like, like, you know, and, and if it's, if it's just about a foot or two over, you know, like, should I, should I just step drag or should I kind of cross step two steps and, and what, and all these little like techniques things just by being presented through the dry fire systems workout, being presented a situation in which I probably never would have been able to come up with on my own. It forced me to develop the skills that as soon as we get into a match, it's like, all right, I've done all these little weird leans and blends and awkward things that stage designers can come up with. I've done them all in little pieces and drills, you know, over the last, you know, years that I've been doing this. Now, how much has the two of you being able to um, have deeper conversations helped each other come up with the concept for this. What I'm asking is, do you think, do you guys think that what just, if one of you was doing this by yourself, you would have come up with this system that you have now? Oh, no, no fucking no, no way. way. <laughs> no <Yeah>. way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I mean, this is evolved. I mean, I had this idea. I came to Luke with it back in 2018, 19. But it has evolved so much, and that comes from Luke. It comes from the guys that we shoot with. I mean, yeah, it's evolved huge compared to four years ago. So, no, absolutely not. I mean, we're, we're obviously brainstorming and talking every single day about this stuff. And, and I, don't, it better. I don't think there's any way that without the – like without Casey's abilities and knowledge as a shooter and his innate understanding of shooting and his years in shooting and his, his engineering mind being able to like, like without his skill level, there's no way that this could have had merit behind it, I think. And, and like, really, it really validated, you know, that like, like, all right, cool. This is the way he trains, you know? And then uh, without like, I guess my curiosity and my questioning everything and really making Casey, you know, case Casey would be like, well, I train like this, you know, all right, cool. Why, you know, well, because this, well, why, you know, and why, and why, and how, and this, and, and asking every little question in detail um, without that, I don't think we would have cracked open as many, as many details and as much structure as we did. Yeah. Uh, I believe it. I mean, anytime you can, collaborate with people you've got a much better opportunity to really kind of 
uh, polish it up and come yes. up with real, you know, really good ideas. So, all right, I do have one last question I got to ask. I, I'm going to share one of you, a picture here. Okay. I just want to know whose matrix room is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is the whitest matrix room I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my basement. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now we know. Yeah. Man, I, I was like, I thought it was a room at federal to be honest. And I'm like, uh, what kind of room is that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh back at some point i forget when uh, uh i had re remodeled my basement to be a workshop because I, I i do this with casey i have another business faust systems in which i do a little bit of manufacturing of uh of some tactical products right now looking at some competitive products um and then just uh i my my life is a workshop so I had remodeled my basement to do that and film content down there. So we got some really good lighting and a nice white clean space um, so that the uh, the viewer can focus on what's being done and not uh, the, the pile of junk in the corner or, uh, or whatever else is in the, in the shot. I feel like you could put someone in a straight jacket, put them in that room and film a movie. Some crazy dude. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, Potentially. <laughs> I like it. And and I, I'm not insulting your room. I was just like, wow, that is the cleanest, whitest room I've ever seen. So impressive. Yep, yep. And it seemed to work out perfect for you guys. Yeah, it well, uh, it works works out very well as a uh, you know it's a training area for me. I have both my garage and my basement set up with our uh, our one third in the garage and our one six down in that basement room. Uh, you know, there are arrays. We have a one-third array for roughly a garage-sized room and then a, a one-six for roughly a bedroom-sized room. And uh, it allows allows us to test out the arrays before we release them, make sure that they're uh, they're going to work well for our users, and then uh, uh, film film all the drills um, uh, so that we have good, good, good clean instructions for everybody. Well, was there anything else uh, you feel we needed to talk about or, you know, that I, that I didn't bring up? I guess the one more comment I can make is, you know, you know, Luke is very, very organized. And you can see the structure of our website and the structure of the white room and everything is laid out. The, the clean um, website. The very yep. clean. Yeah. Everything is super clean and organized. And, you know, to some people that's, it's not sexy, right? Um, they want something that's a little more sexy, but this, we're giving you a product that, you know, it, it's super organized, clean, easy to follow. And it, you know, you still have to put the work in, you know, that's what we're trying to, trying to give you. So, we're not trying to give you some sexy gadget. Like this is hard work. This is how Luke and I have got to be good shooters, like dry fire every single day. And so we're giving you the cleanest, most organized, best version of that. Uh, and okay. I'm going to add one thing to that. This um, to me makes two a days easier because all I have to do is go into my garage, look at the workout, you know, have the stuff already on the wall, look at the workout, do it, and then leave. Then that yep. evening I can come back, look at the workout, do it, and leave. There's no, again, there's none of that waiting, you know, 15 minutes of figuring out what you're going to do, arranging everything. No, it's done. Yep. The The targets are on the wall. Oh, here's what I need to do. Okay. It's a 60-second read and then practice, and that's it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And that helps eliminate bias too. You know, that's something we haven't really touched on, but like, you know, shooters, myself included, like we have biases, like we like to practice certain things. Right. But in the case of our sport, you're required to do certain skills that you don't like doing, like drawing on a lean to a 25 yard partial. No one wants to do that. And no one wants to practice that. But, you know, if you follow our program, it's going to make you do these things that you're not comfortable with doing, but that's going to help you in a match. Right. So you just standing in one spot, drawn to seven yard target isn't it's only going to get you so far so this kind of encompasses a lot of skills that you like like luke said earlier you see on matches like you're going to have to do these skills so start doing it in dry fire and and, and we're really boiling down those you know those those pie graphs we put out were the the nice simple ones that we could really simply present to people there's um there's levels of detail that are uh somewhat absurd as far as how often you go left right and forward and every different skill movement, you know, target distance, uh, frequency of everything we've, we've looked at. 
and we uh, we try to make a program that is very realistic in what it provides. Like, um, you know, there's we, we don't we, we try to have the right balance of we know that at one third scale, if you're standing here for this drill, that's going to be at this distance, this distance, this distance. And it's a, a realistic blend of distances and shot difficulties that you're going to see at a nationals level match. With all of the, I know you shot like the Polish Extreme and and some other matches as well as the World Shoot. Do these numbers are they similar for Ipsic, or do you find that Ipsic's a little different? Uh, I think some data analysis on some Ipsic matches. It's a little different, but I mean, it's it's very close to the same game. I mean, you had a lot okay. more like static draws in Ipsic and things like that, but. Other than that, I mean, it's the movement skills. A lot of the stuff is is pretty similar. I mean, there's like, I like I'm, we could probably talk to a little more, but yeah, it's not it's not extremely different, but there is some differences. Okay, exactly. He nailed it. I did some analysis on some Ipsic matches. Uh, I I don't travel overseas yet, but I, I did the Pan American and the Pan American Extreme with Casey this last year, and um, the data was different. Um, and there was a debate for a little bit. Hey, do we want to start integrating some IPSC data into our our um, our generator? Uh, it wasn't different enough that it, it looked like the juice was going to be worth the squeeze. Um, yeah. he, he identified some of the key points: some more static draws, um, a little bit, uh, obviously less reloading with your three, two, one short course stuff, and, and your higher, you know, you don't have your production division stuff that's only ten rounds. Um, but uh, for the most part, it's it's still a very similar sport. Yeah. Well, guys, if that if, if that's all you got, that's all I've got. I appreciate you guys coming on. It's a very interesting conversation, and I definitely like what you guys have put together. It looks good. Yeah, thank you. For sure, for sure. I appreciate you checking it out. Have you uh, have you had a chance to do any do any workouts or set it up at all? Um, I have not, but that is okay. my plan. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was especially when I saw the par times and stuff, because I do like the way it is. I, I, I'm like you, Luke. I like structure. <laughs> so for me, you know, I, that's why I say I have Excel spreadsheets for everything. You know, I just like <laughs> yep. every, every, you know, that's how I analyze thing that it's, it's crazy. So when I saw the layout of it, I was like, oh, I like this a lot. And you guys have no freaking idea how much time I'll spend like creating a dry fire schedule. Okay. This week I'm going to do this and I'm trying not to duplicate it the next week or, or nights and mornings, you know, and I, I, I'm not going to say I waste a lot of time, but I spend a lot of time looking at it and that's exhausting. So <laughs> something like this, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have to get exhausted thinking about it. I can literally go, oh, let me strap my gear on. What am I doing today? Oh, here it is. Easy day. Yeah. So. Yep. And that's and that's that's the kind of person that we're that's what our that's the kind of person our product's for is the uh the person who who thinks like that, wants, you know, wants to work like that and goes, Well, wait, 15 bucks a month and I don't have to think about any of this and it's just done for me and it's being done you know, connected into a, a top 10 shooter, you know, like hell yeah. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Easy. And, but it's not just Casey Reed, the top 10 shooter or Luke Faust, the, the master class shooter. I also know that it's the group of people you run with also, because I know indirectly they've made an impact on this somewhere. Absolutely. You know, through those conversations and competing together. So, yeah, yeah, uh, that it's more well-rounded than just two people. So that's why I keep saying that, because it is more than that. Yeah. Well, Casey, I need to get you on sometime so we can so I can interrogate you about your entire shooting career. Yeah, absolutely. OK, I'll, I'll shoot you an email. OK, we'll have to get you back on too, Luke. For sure, for sure. Next, next time we can talk just shooting. We don't have to talk about politics of USPSA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, some elections just uh, just got wrapped up, huh? Yes, they did. Or so, oh, well, the initial elections got wrapped up. Runoff time. Yeah. Well, I guess one of them is complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, area was it eight. area eight. Yeah, eight okay. is done. Yep, and then so, six and presidential go to runoff. Yep. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will be. 
All right, guys. Well, thanks for being on. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs>